According to Barna, 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. Tim, we've got a great conversation coming up today with Pastor Jonathan Lambert of mm-hmm. Experienced Church in Calgary. That church has been on my radar for, for a little while, and it's been great getting to know Pastor Jonathan. Uh, he planted and made with ARC at Canada and made a big splash. I mean, the church yes. is, is growing uh, really well, but I've noticed as well over the last number of years that he talks, you know, a lot about Easter services, and I've noticed on social media, these guys go all out when yes, it comes to Easter, yeah. and they, they paint the town literally with experienced church uh, and and really do really amazing things yeah. at Easter. We've got Easter coming up. It's only a month away. And so this conversation, I dive into a little bit of what, what he does for Easter. So some great ideas with Pastor Jonathan, and uh, that I think is going to really help uh, a lot of us pastors uh, planning for Easter. So what mm-hmm. is, you know, you've been with, with us now for over seven years. Yep. And so what was, what's was what been your most memorable Easter service that we've done? We uh, we were lucky enough to move here in the timing of, of Easter. And so our one of our first services that we came to here, we were blown away because we had come out of an environment or a church environment anywhere where, where uh, baptisms, spontaneous baptisms, that kind of stuff didn't happen every week. And so the first service that we sat in on, there ended up being 96 people getting baptized. Oh, I remember that, that one, so, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. completely memorable. And it com- for my wife and I, it completely rocked our perspective of what church could be, which uh, just you know ignited the flame of, of bringing us out here to begin with. So it was super memorable. Yeah, so what we did in, in that service, it took a lot of planning, is we, we brought in a whole bunch of uh, uh, clothes and yeah. T-shirts, and, and we, had, we had underwear, we had, we had, every, we had makeup, had no we, had, we had no excuse. We took away every excuse for someone to get baptized, and then we preached the message, and at the end of the service, we opened it up and said, hey, if anyone wants to get baptized, this is what it is, mm-hmm. and didn't know, have a clue how many people were going to get baptized. No idea. And the service went on. And on and on because we had we had ninety six people at that time. That's the time we only had one tub, one baptism tub at the time. So we had ninety six people in one service in one service yeah. um, come through, which was I mean people were crying and there was families hugging. Uh, you know those who were getting. We yeah. had someone get saved in just before they got into the tub. It was a, a very incredible. memorable service, yeah. incredible. Uh, but it's little ideas like that that make what we do. Um, so worth it. Totally. And Easter is a great, great time to maximize. Uh, you know, you got more visitors than you normally yeah. do. You have family coming in. It's easy to preach the gospel message with the Easter message. And so, how do you maximize Easter? How do you maximize people coming into your your church? How do you get more visitors coming in? How do you maximize the Easter service? So, there's some great. Amazing ideas from Pastor Jonathan Lambert of Experience Church. So let's go to that conversation now. Well, hey, Jonathan, welcome to GoCast. It's so good to have you on the program, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. What an honor. It's great, man. So t- tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and how you got started in, in ministry and came to pastoring in Calgary. Uh, man. It's a, obviously a big journey. Um, ministry, how did I get started in ministry? I was one of those guys, and I grew up in like 90s youth group. 
Yeah. So I don't know if everyone's experience was the same, but at least where I was, kind of the the hero of 90s youth group attendees was like youth pastor. There weren't a lot of examples of like cool Christian men outside of your youth pastor. And so yeah. there's, I don't know, there's so many guys that just like, oh, I'm going to go into ministry. We, that's, that's what, we didn't know how else to like be a Christian and be a man. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like, I think there was some of that involved in the early early stages of like oh, i'm not really sure what to do but i've seen this model and it looks good yeah um then you quickly realize that uh ministry is a terrible thing you're not supposed to be <laughs> well everyone's called the ministry but vocationally yeah it's a nightmare it's not what you're supposed to be doing with your life and so um kind of messed around with a few different things uh through school went to bible college um started as a worship pastor actually and so did that for a number of years yeah, and there's just always when it comes to church planting, there's always there's always something inside of we love my wife and I love the church, so we love our favorite part about being worship pastors was everybody coming together, like all ages, you know, places, stages, and loved the opportunity to um, use the platform of music to help people have like a connection, an intimate connection with Jesus, and I think uh, that desire to help people have an intimate connection with Jesus is still sort of the driving force but your platform changes. And yeah. so it used to be through the lens of worship. Now it's through like church planting and being lead pastoring. And so we were in a spot where, you know, the worship pastor, there's only so much they want you to speak into. Yeah, uh, right. They kind of want you to, to sing. And that was kind of it. So there, at least in our context, there wasn't yeah. a lot of like leadership room or room to grow in leadership. And so, we started to have opinions and thoughts and ideas about other areas of the church. And, and you know, we got some advice that, hey, maybe that, that means you're supposed to branch out into other areas and explore other things. And, and probably one of the most freeing things in our process was when um, we were talking to a leader about how we were maybe unsatisfied in a current situation, uh, but didn't want to feel rebellious or like we weren't honoring. Right. And just we're reminded that, hey, not everybody thinks that way. Not everybody looks at the big picture and says we could do this differently or we could reach more people. And so, right. so it was a really freeing thing for us to be like, hey, that's like, you can honor through those feelings, um, but know that like that's that's something that God's put inside of you for bigger picture leadership. And so you've got to run with that, not run from it. And so that was a really freeing thing for us. And then, so good, you know, through, through a lot of different moments, ended up in Calgary and February of 2012. Yeah. Uh, didn't know anybody uh, but moved and just wanted to be, we were in Vancouver or had been in Vancouver for a long time and then in Fort McMurray for a couple of years and just yeah. wanted to be somewhere with four seasons. And uh, <laughs> God was telling us to start a church and we drove in the first time. Like, man, this is it. This is where we have to be. And uh, bought a house, sight unseen. Wow. And uh, just rolled up February of 2012 and then the experience church started that September. Wow. It's kind of our Cole's Notes version on how we got there. Wow, that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about Experience Church. I mean, so it's seven years old. Man, you, you got, you're planting churches, you got campuses. Uh, talk, talk to us about uh, how the church is doing and, yeah, where you're at now. Yeah, uh, church is, we're coming up towards our seventh birthday, so we're pretty amped on that. Uh, seven's a big biblical number, so I don't know what we're going to do with it yet, but we'll do yeah. something else. Um, uh, we're running, uh, kind of anywhere, 14, 1500 people on a weekend. Wow. Uh, currently have three campuses, just purchased our first permanent building. 
I saw that. So, that looks awesome, man. That's so yeah, exciting. So, yeah. so demolition and construction on that starts uh, probably September twentieth. Wow. So yeah, so that's that's kind of like that's yeah, we're we're excited. We are um, we again we love worship, so uh, there's big value on, on worship here and our outreach teams are doing amazing things in the city. Yeah. Um, so we, we love it. It's family church, so it's very diverse as far as um, especially age demographics. And we've got a lot of like grandparents, their kids and grandkids all attending together, which is really special. That's really cool. Uh, we love that. And, and there's a, there's a lot of the younger generation too, a lot of young families. Yeah. And uh, every, every campus looks a little bit different, but um, yeah, that's a little bit about, about us and where we're at. So that's we're really cool. About the city. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're very focused on outreach, evangelism, you know, salvations and, uh, I mean, growing the church through, through the unchurch. So talk about how many salvations or, or baptisms did you, did the experience church have last year? Last year we had 854 salvations. Wow. Like we, we track, we don't track like hand, we do hands up at the end of our services, Yeah. but we track cards. So we want to get a card. And we need to have a way to follow up and connect with somebody. And yep. so, um, so that's 854 people that filled out a card and, um, wow. yeah, took, took a step of faith. And so we, uh, we, for the most part are able to actually say, you know, we're almost every one of those people are because we've had their info and we follow up in some measure. Some of them have attended and stayed. Some of them are in other churches. Some of them were visiting from out of town. So yep. that's important to us that we kind of keep track with all of them as, as best as we can. Yeah, so good because it's so much more than just yeah, hand going up and the salvation going up. I really like that how how you're tracking because it's not just about praying a prayer, but it's about discipleship and following through. And you're you're tracking people that you can follow through with. Yeah, yeah, it's a big key for us. That's really cool. So tell me about somebody that put their hand up, filled out a card, came to the church. How their life was miraculously changed after they became born again. Oh man, like they're all. Every story's got an element of like crazy to it, you know. Yeah, like every yeah. every time somebody gets saved and you start hearing their story, like oh my god, I can't believe that we got to be a part of that and that that's been your journey. Um, I get probably I won't use any like specific names, but I'll use specific details. So yeah, if they listen, they'll probably know who they are. But yeah, <laughs> um, there's like one one that stands out. Man, we had we had a mom. We do outreaches in different uh, different communities, and so we had been doing some stuff with her kids. In uh, we created a kid drop-in space in one of the communities, and so yeah. her kids were coming out. And uh, she had actually uh, just lost her husband mm. uh, in an accident, and had three little kids. And so, like mm. heart heartbreaking story. Uh, but we send buses into those neighborhoods and bring people to church. And so her family came. I think she actually, I think she drove herself, but we were in, doing the invite to church and she came and uh, got saved. And since then, I mean, she's, she's like an incredible mom, incredible family, but like since then has been like gotten involved. She's got this social circle. She's got all these, all these friends have come around her and supported her. The kids are growing up in community, like wow. they're in youth and, uh, and actively involved in our kids ministry. She's, taken a leadership role in the church and so she's she's serving she's not just like serving she's leading other people as well she's that's awesome lane. 
Um, so that's that's a that's a pretty cool one. Um, obviously, the details of the story really they're they're heartbreaking but inspiring all at the same time. And yeah. So wow. She would be she would be one of many uh, like that. And uh, yeah, every every story is so unique but so miraculous. Yeah. I could I could sit here and tell you hundreds of them, but yeah, that, that's one that just pops in the top of my head. That's, that's really cool. So you guys, you guys do out different outreaches. You're sending buses into, into communities to pick up people. What, what's been the most effective strategy as a church for, for winning souls? Oh man. Uh, I, I think it's really hard to point to one thing. Cause I, I think that if you, if you try and break down soul winning to one initiative, then you've gotten too narrow with it. Yeah. I think as a church, like every, everything that you do has to be about helping people meet Jesus. Yeah. So um, I, I couldn't say like, Hey, there's this, there's this, this is our soul winning strategy. I think the strategy is that um, the mission of the entire church and everything that we're doing is to try and help people make that connection. Wow. And so I think that actually has been part of the, I don't know, maybe, maybe the, I, I don't want to say success of it because it's really not anything we've done. Like obviously God reads and things happen, but, um, but the, we've given God space to meet people at every stage, every, every area. So our, our community things have been a huge win. Um, our, our outreach pastor is incredible. Pastor Kyle and he, uh, we, we basically went into the city and said, how can we serve? And so we got given access to one Calgary housing community. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And then we started doing parties there and then people were getting saved and coming to church. And then we got into another community. And then about a year ago, we had served, um, we, had, we had been actively serving about 100 Calvary housing residents. Um, but there are, I think, 7,500 in the city. And so we just kind of said to the city, we want, we want to serve all of them in the next five years. We want, to, we want to have a footprint in every area. And so since that, so that's only in the last eight months, we've gone from serving about 100 We've served over 2,000 now in that wow. span. So through a Christmas outreach, basketball groups, uh, getting into apartment complexes, like it's just it's opened up with a financial training for people in those. Like it's just amazing. So a lot of those things have given us like huge inroads into people's lives, and we're seeing some great, uh, yeah, some great church connection out of it. So, but it really is a holistic. Like we don't have like an evangelism person or focus. Yeah. Everybody's doing it all the time. That's really good. I love what you said, though, about your, your, the question you asked, though, is is how can we serve in, in our city? And you asked the city, how do, how do we serve? I love, love, love that focus because I think too many times, you know, as, as a church, we expect, well, the community's got to come to us and, and we're just waiting for people in the community to walk through our doors. But man, Jesus's ministry was... He went in and he healed the sick first and he met the needs first and he, he fed the hungry first and then he would, he would preach the gospel. So man, I, I think that's a really, really big key uh, to doing, to doing outreaches is just asking the community in our city, man, how, what do we serve? How, what can we serve? Absolutely. And it's taken a bit of time to build trust. Again, I, I can't take much credit for it, although I'm like a, I cheerlead and support everything that's happening, but it's taken time to build the trust and, and relationship, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's just so critical to what we're doing now that we have those relationships and that's been amazing. Yeah. Well, it's going to take time to build that trust because everyone's going to go, well, what do you guys want? 
well, no, actually, we just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We just want to serve. <laughs> and then, and out of that, out of serving, you're creating relationships with people in need, with people in the church who are meeting that need. Man, of course, that's gonna, they're going to soften their hearts to, to the hope that is Jesus. That's really good. I love that, man. So you're also in leadership with ARC uh, Canada. So talk to me about why you're so passionate about church planting. ARC's known for, for church planting, association of related churches and, and planting churches all over uh, and, and helping pastors to plant churches across this country. So, man, t- talk to me about why you're so passionate about being a part of ARC and about, about church planting in particular. Uh, well, I mean, I just... I'm convinced that church planting is God's plan A for reaching every person on the globe. And I know that that means churches are going to look very different in different spaces and places, but yeah. um, there's just, there's nothing like the potential of a life giving church. And I think the key is that it's life giving, not life taking. And so like what you referenced, um, it's, it's getting churches into communities that are looking for ways to add life and have positive impact in the community, not looking to be served by the community and just right. have people show up to them. So I, I do think there's a difference. And so, um, so, but like I, we just continue to see it happen. And even, even down to the missions potential of a, of a great church, like you could, you could raise money to do something internationally or whatever that looks like, but if you can plant a church, and rally people and get hundreds, maybe thousands of people behind a vision, and then they're all connecting their resources together and their passion and energy and creativity together. You're just going to, the investment, I mean, on a real practical ROI terms, the investment in a new church is going to go so much further than putting it almost anywhere else because the multiplied effect is, you know, is beyond crazy. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, we're just, we're on a personal level. I love church. I love, the idea of people coming together and not just connecting, but staying connected. And I think that's a big thing too, that um, we're trying to help create spaces where uh, it's not so much about fixing every issue and saving the world on one Sunday. It's about building a space where people are willing to come back because if people will come back, then you actually have the chance at long-term relationship. And so, um, yeah, just passionate. I think there's a lot of, I think, we, we are an untapped church planting market in Canada. Yeah, I so true. There are still hundreds and hundreds of leaders out there who have a church in their heart, but just haven't known what's the avenue, what's my lane, how do I how do I deal with, or, or even people that were like Natasha and I, maybe a little unsettled where we were, not that where we were was negative, but we just had a bit of a dream and a picture in our own heart, and they just don't know where to go or where to turn to. And so I love art because we're just trying our best to be like, hey, like we'll help. Like if you've got a dream, we'll help. And uh, so yeah, love church planting, and just think there's there's nothing like a, a healthy church to impact the community. That's so good. So how, how many churches did did you guys help this year get planted in Canada? Um, so let's see. So Arc Arc in Canada, we're really kind of in our third year of operation. Yeah. So just getting started. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Just getting started. So in the last, man, i got to think this through for a second. In the last year, if we go like the last full year, I think we're, I think we did three last fall. Yeah. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. So we're at 17 total. Yeah. Um, we did about, I think it was three last fall. And the three that got planted last fall are just like thriving. Um, we've got another 
Uh, we've got two getting planted here in a couple of weeks. Yep. And then we have seven pastoral couples right now in process to plant in 2020. That's so good. So, uh, so let's just great. So yeah. So the three that got planted in the the last fall. What kind of like what kind of salvations and numbers? Because I mean, if you plant a church, you're going to see you're going to see a whole bunch of unchurched people come in. That's one of the I think one of the peaks for for reaching soul winnings is with with church planting. So what kind of what kind of numbers are they running souls getting saved from just three churches being planted last fall? Yeah. So um, the one of the well, I'll give you like just a, a few that are kind of in that first year to year and a half range that I, I know the numbers of off the top of my head. Um, so uh, there's one in Edmonton called Evolved Church, yep. great church. Uh, and so they launched last September. Yeah. And they, they'd be running consistently kind of 200. I, I mean, if the if passage are listening, I might be butchering this, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're seeing like 200 plus every weekend right now, which is amazing. That's awesome. They're just, they're cruising. And um, I believe the last time we chatted, they had already seen uh, like 50 plus salvation. So again, I have to go. Wow. That. Wow. That's great. Um, but, but it's all, it's all varying degrees. So the average that we're seeing right now is like first Sunday, 244 people show up. Wow. First Sunday. That's the average. And last year in our church plants in Canada, there were just over 2,500 salvations. So that's kind of where we're, where that's at. Overall. So good. Um, but yeah, that church in Edmonton evolved is a great one. Um, Slate church in uh, Waterloo. Uh, launched uh, yeah, kind of that same time frame uh, earlier in the year, but they they had over uh, over six hundred on their first Sunday. Wow! And now are running, uh, they're running about seven fifty a weekend now, and they're they're still just over a year. Wow! Um, and people are getting saved every week, so it just That's different awesome. pockets, different places. But but yeah, the average has been about two forty four, and. They're self-sufficient within six months, and, and people are getting saved. So it's, it's been so much fun. That's awesome, man. So I mean, your experience church, you're coming up on your your seventh anniversary, and I mean, I I've been hearing about you guys for for the seven years. I, I got people that are always in my ear going, "Man, have you seen experience what experience church is doing?" Because you guys you guys have an incredible presence on social media, and we 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 come across you guys everywhere. So, I mean, talk to me about that. You, you do a great job with social media. So talk to me about your thoughts on, on churches utilizing uh, social media and what advice would you give to a pastor who wants to improve their presence online? Oh, man. When I, when I saw that question, I shuddered because I don't know if anyone's ever fully pumped about their social media presence. But <laughs> It's so true. We're, <laughs> we, get, we're we, get to, we get told we're doing a good job, too, and I'm like, really? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're constantly trying to work on it. I mean, social media is like your first impression because anybody that's going to come to your church, they're always going to check you out on social before you show before they show up. That's true. And so you've got to, I think, as far as what we're attempting to do, whether we're always hitting the target, I don't know. But the attempt is always that we're trying to reflect um, the feeling, the vibe, the culture of a Sunday and what the experience is going to be like on our social media so that people can look and it builds a little bit of expectation, hopefully positive anticipation for what they're going to see when they walk through the doors. Yeah. And we're just trying to make sure that that's, um, that's consistent. And so, um, 
you know, as far as like actual strategy within like our posts and what we're sharing, again, we're trying to share a wide variety of people. So we want to make sure that what we're um, promoting in a sense on social is a, is a true reflection of who's in the church, but also realizing that you're going to get more of what we promote. Yeah. And so we're trying to make sure that we show our different demographics and families and children and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, we're trying to make it conversational. So we're trying to do our best to, to engage uh, with people, especially through Insta stories and things like that, where you're asking questions, getting them to give feedback, even if it's about ridiculous things, then there's, you want them to be inspirational to some, some level. So yeah. uh, my hope is that when somebody looks at an EC post, they're, they're, you know, inspired at, at some level, like it makes their day a little bit better. At least it's like a, you know, a helpful thought. And then, and then obviously there's a promotional aspect to it too, but um, for the most part, I think everybody finds it's the promotional post just nobody wants to see them. It just feels like an ad. Yeah. So the, if they're conversational and inspirational, that probably does all the promoting you need um, without just, using it to share details all the time. So back in the early days, it was always just details. It's like, hey, don't forget we have church tomorrow. Uh, sign up for this thing, do that. Yeah. And we're just getting no engagement. So we just tried to make it more more conversational and, and whatnot. So That's so good. I, I recently heard a teaching on on that, that same thing about util, utilizing social media. And one of the things that they said is, is it has to be social. It's it's social media that mm-hmm. that uh, you know we are right. so used to. We're a generation um, that is so used to broadcast media, where we're being told and it's broadcast. And and they said no no no. What's going to engage is exactly what you're saying. It's being social. It's it's inviting conversations. It's it's creating that rather than just hey churches tomorrow. Hey we got this coming up. Uh, that's broadcast media, that's advertising, but social is inviting them into an experience, into into a conversation and engaging them that way. And you guys do, yeah, you guys do a great job of that. Uh, I love your, your talk a little bit about your Easter campaign because you guys, man, at Easter, you guys are, man, you blitz uh, social media, websites. I mean, you've got you blitz the community. You got people on the street. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a big big thing for you guys. At least that, from my perspective, that's what I'm seeing. So, talk to you a little bit about a, a push like that, a special event like that, and and why. Yeah, I think uh, for us, obviously, Easter is a big one, right? Like people are people are more prone to accept an invitation to church at Easter than on, than any other time of the year. Yeah, and so we we go big, um, not. Uh, it's like if there's two parts to it. So we go really big um, on one hand because there's always a chance that somebody's going to see something, uh, whether it's a billboard, transit ads, posters downtown, social. So there's a chance that someone will see it and be like, oh, I really need to go to church this Easter. The, the greater impact we find is that the more we do as far as, especially around Easter, the more we do as far as advertising, social promotions, and even things around the city, the more confidence we're giving the people from our church to extend an invite. Right. And so the goal for us at Easter is that we advertise so much that when somebody takes an invite from experienced church and gives it to a coworker or a neighbor or a friend, they've seen it already. So that's the goal. That's so cool. It, it, it softens the invite. It makes it easier for somebody from our church because at the end of the day, like really people probably aren't going to, there's not that many people that are just going to wander in and start personally. Yeah. And so 
so we really do everything publicly just to empower the personal invite. And so that that's at the at the core of like our strategy behind any public advertising is really just empowering the personal invite. And so we give the people in our church like are proud when they're going downtown on transit and it's like, you know, East our our Easter logo that we've kind of been running with the last few years is the skull. And so you know, the skull is up everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of an intriguing graphic. And so it's amazing, though, how much more confident somebody is to invite if it's if they're passing an invitation with the skull, but they didn't see it on their, their entire commute. We That's had one person true. say that it felt like they they got, uh, they lived in the southeast and they were headed downtown for work. And like, man, it felt like, it felt like Experience Church of Easter ads were following me the entire journey because they were just <laughs> at every stop. And so that's kind of the, that's really the heart behind it, is it's the public stuff is to empower personal invite. The other thing that happens around Easter every year that has been a big win for us is we do something called bring3.com. Mm. And so we just we just ask the whole church, uh, we just we just have the have this form on the domain and we say like, hey, who are the three people that you're praying for and believing they're gonna come with you this Easter? So and good. People start populating the list and so we get hundreds and hundreds, thousands of names and then and then we've got prayer teams that are praying over every name uh, individually for weeks as we lead into Easter. I think that just gives uh, some spiritual responsibility to people as well. So those two things kind of, as far as our Easter campaign, those are the big, the big pieces for us. That's so good. So what kind of, what kind of numbers did you have last Easter, for instance? Last Easter, we had uh, just under 2,300 at Easter. Wow. That's awesome. That's incredible. Uh, what I love about what you just said, and I, I think for, for pastors listening or leaders listening, is, I mean, there's an extra investment in, in advertising dollars and in, you know, print costs and in social media pushes around Easter. And I think what's really cool about that is a lot of times it, that's a really smart investment because you're taking a high peak season where people are more likely to, to visit a church. And you're putting your investment and your advertising dollars into that season and saying, okay, and encouraging your people and partnering with the invite because the invite is probably still the most powerful uh, way to get new people into the church, way more powerful than a flyer or, uh, you know, uh, an ad. The invite is, and especially going to get them to stay because they came with a friend. Um, so, so I love, I love how you're partnering that together, but you're putting that investment into a, a harvest season. You're saying, okay, this is a harvest season. We're going to invest here rather than doing the same type of money in summer. How, how, <laughs> right. well, exactly. Like, you know, there's, there are really three, there's kind of three natural seasons in our Western calendar. Like this Easter is obviously a big one. September is a is a big one for people starting new, as you know, and then yeah. and then January. So uh, you're investing in in the in the harvest times, but in the down times and the other times where you're not investing in advertising and outreach. I mean, it allows you to to disciple, and you're investing in other parts of the of the church to disciple those that came in during harvest time. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For us, especially like each of those big harvest times. Um, are at the beginning of small group semesters. Yeah. So the goal for us is we we go hard early September, early January, and around Easter, and they all tend to flow right into a natural small group season. And so then, then you the the hope is that then you've got all those new people are connecting in a group, 
of, of interest, but where they're also going to get discipled. Right. Learn to grow in their faith. That's so good. So, I mean, you've got, Experience Church has got every, multiple generations, like you said, you've got the grandparents coming to church with the parents, with with the kids and the grandkids, which is, which is uh, uh, you know, amazing. But you do have a lot of uh, young volunteers, and, and where a lot of churches will struggle with, with getting young people involved in church today, if not just getting them to attend. So, talk to us about engaging the next generation in, in church more than just in the youth group. Right. Um, yeah, I, my personal take on it is just that they need a cause. And so I think, I think when the cause is just building the church, yeah. um, it doesn't quite have the impact. But when you connect the cause to the impact they're making on their friends, people in the city, especially as, as you connect, hey, like, as the, as the church thrives, our social social justice initiatives get stronger. Right. We're reaching into homeless communities where more people are getting saved. You know, like, it, it, it's always trying to make that connection, like, to a deeper why. Right. I think for, in my own story, always had great churches growing up, but a lot of times it was a lot about the church and less about the impact of the church. And so... We're just trying to we're trying to make sure the cause the causes that we're fighting for on the forefront of what we're doing, and that's obviously people. And I think um, I don't love all the the criticism that millennials tend to take. Yeah. It's uh, unfair uh, in the sense that I mean, if you can get a younger person passionate about something, there's really nobody better to have on your side right. than. Than somebody, and, and I and I do see that in a lot of our young leaders, our young team members, that they're passionate. So they they believe in the cause of the church, not just the church being the cause. So it's a it's a bigger it's a it's a bigger pitch, it's a bigger vision cell. But but when they get it, man, they give their lives to it. And so um, so that would be something that I think not just myself, but our whole team has really embraced. Like, hey, let's. What can we get these guys passionate about? And, and even on the staff, I mean, I'm I'm the old guy on our staff. You know, it's it's a very it's a young team, and but they're they're passionate, and so it's it really is. Yeah, this just trying to present the greater cause. That's really cool. The, the cause of Christ carries a lot more weight than the cause of the church, even right. though the church is the vehicle to get us there. Right. So doing our best to try and keep that why in front of every generation, but in particular. Uh, a generation that's looking for purpose and wants to make sure that if they do do something, that it's something of value and of especially social significance. That's so good. And involving them in that, but I mean, leading with why, I think that is, that is a huge, huge key. Not, not just for the young people that every generation responds to that uh, at a whole, whole nother level. And they'll, they'll buy in and push back as, you know, push into push past the, the tiredness or the, you know, the, the the feelings of you know disillusionment at times that come with volunteering on a regular basis and and that I mean you can push past through that stuff right. when you lead with the why that's really really powerful man yeah, that's so good, good. Well, I think I think giving them giving them uh, like keeping a good feedback loop is also helpful like they they're not a just obey the commands of a leader yeah. generation <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, it's it's always just that, like, what do you see? What? How can we improve? What do you? 
and trying to trying to keep that constant flow of communication through, I think, has been very helpful. That's really good. Awesome. Awesome. So is there anything, this has been so rich. This has been so good. Uh, thanks for, for coming on. Is there anything that, that I should have asked, but, but didn't? <laughs> oh man. I don't know. You're like, you're the boss. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to take notes on how to, how to ask good questions. So uh, <laughs> it's been great. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this, man. I know that there's uh, pastors listening that would love to, to learn more about what you're doing or kind of take a peek at what you guys are doing online and, and, and what's going on with Experience Church and, and expanding campuses and even with ARC and all that kind of stuff. So where can, where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, yeah, I mean, experiencechurch.ca is the website. And from there, you know, you can get to YouTube. And, uh, you know, we've got Experience Church app, you know, EC Calgary is the current social handle for yeah. all things Experience Church. And then EC Jonathan L is my own personal one. So that's kind of our, that's where we are. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for this stuff. This has been so good and it's been great to have you on. Yeah, appreciate it, man. What a great conversation with Pastor Jonathan Lambert of Experience Church. So inspiring. So many, so many nuggets in there, man. That was, that was man, I podcast. love these conversations. Yeah. So good. All right. What was your big takeaway? So if I were to skip all the way to the beginning where he said vocational ministry can be a nightmare if it's not what you're called to do. Wow, and I think yeah. so many pastors end up in the in the position where they've either grow up, grown up in church and it was their upbringing and they just feel like it's something that they're supposed to go into rather than something that they're called to go into. And they end up banging their heads against the wall figuring out why can't I make this happen? And, and honestly, it's something that you need to be called to do in order to handle it. So true. I read a stat years ago. I don't know what it's, what the, what it, you know, if it's the same today or not, but I think it was, it was uh, well over uh, 90% of people that were in seminary. So these are people that went to Bible college and then decided to, you went to the extra. Seminary right. is basically you getting your law degree. Yeah. So this is the, this the extra. It's the bar exam. So you've already gone through four years of Bible school and then you're doing seminary. 90% of them felt like they were uh, not necessarily called to ministry, but they, they thought that ministry was a good vocation. It was huh. a good job. Huh. <laughs> and I thought, and I was like, I kind of laughed. And I was like, that's, that's no. And then it's funny though. It, it, well, it's not, but it, it's ironic that there's over 90% of pastors that start off in ministry don't finish in ministry. Right. And I think there's a correlation Yeah. like between, between whether this is, if you're doing this just for a job or because of social esteem or because you think mm. it's, it's an easier work or you think it's, it's, you know, a public affirming job. That's not it. It's a call and yeah. it's a call only. So I love when Pastor Jonathan said that and yes. clarified that because it really is. There's the ups, the downs, the yeah. all the in-betweens. It's a right. <laughs> it really is. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Pastor Jonathan. These are so good, man. I, I love the conversation that we're having. Where can, where can people sub subscribe to GoCast? Sure. Jones? Yeah. Type in GoCast into the search bar or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube. You'll be sure to find us. Yeah, and we'd love to continue a conversation with you and have a conversation with you and your church where you're at. If you have any questions, we'd love to to help. If we'd love to hear some some feedback from you as well, so you can join us on social media. I, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we would love to connect with you and your church. Celebrate your wins, help you in any way we can. Just yes. have a conversation it would be so good. Well, next week we have a great conversation with Pastor Jonathan Domingo. He's a a friend, a recent friend. I've 
I've met him a couple of years ago. He pastors in Ensenada, Mexico, amazing church, Horizonte Church, powerful church. Mm-hmm. And he has he's gone through a real big uh, personal battle. Yeah. And and still talk about a call in ministry. And not only has he survived and gone through it, but his church has thrived and he has he's been just pushing through stronger. This is an excerpt from my conversation with Pastor Jonathan Domingo. Our, our attitude has always been, how do we help the hurting at all costs? And it's not, how do we not ruffle feathers? How do we not offend people that have been Christians for a long time? Um, that is so good. It, it's a hard decision to make because um, it's a lot easier to focus on growing and maturing Christians yeah. than people that are full of issues and you know figuring things out because that gets really messy. I know you're going to be inspired by this conversation next week with Pastor Jonathan Domingo. Thanks again for joining us at GoCast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.